The Bible Study Podcast, episode 446. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the Gospel of Matthew with chapter 18. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We did verses 1 through 9 last week of chapter 18, which had to do with millstones and not causing people to stumble and arguments about who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And the chapter goes on like this, the parable of the wandering sheep. See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills and go look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he is happier about that one sheep than about the ninety-nine that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish." Now, remember last week we talked about millstones. We talked about the warning to not cause any of these little ones to stumble. And since we're talking about these little ones again, this is a parallel thought. So don't cause them to stumble. It would be better if you had a millstone wrapped around your neck and you were dropped in the depths of the sea because God cares for them. God cares for them like a shepherd cares for that lost sheep. The shepherd is used quite often as an illustration for God or for Jesus because of this sort of thing, that that the shepherd, the good shepherd, cares for the sheep, and even that one out of a hundred, even the one who wanders off, even when 99 are doing the right thing, even when 99 are in the right place, that God, like that good shepherd, will chase after us, that God, like that good shepherd, is not willing that one of these little ones should perish. It's not clear who little ones are, but remember that in that first section, the greatest is the kingdom of heaven. When they were arguing about who's greatest, he grabs a child. He takes a child and places it and says, unless you become like little children. And so he's also now talking about don't cause them to stumble and wandering away. It has something to do with the children and the followers in general. And speaking of which, and then he goes and gets very specific about wandering away, dealing with sin in the church. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for it, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them." The interesting thing about these set of verses is I often hear them taken out of the context of this chapter. It's talking about correction for people who have sinned, who have wandered away. And remember, we just learned something about wandering away and what God feels about that, which is God wants us back. 
God wants to go after those who have wandered away as the shepherd goes after that sheep. And so this is not a verse about dealing with sin and how to kick people out of the church. I think these verses are about dealing with sin and how to bring people back, how to go and find the one who has wandered away. If your brother and sister sins, go and point out their fault. We're not pointing out their fault just because we're better than them. We're not pointing out their fault just because it's fun to do. We're pointing out their fault because if they listen, you have won them over. If they listen and repent, if they hear what you're saying, you're like that shepherd. You're like the Father in heaven who is not willing for them to perish. You're doing this out of love. That's the intention. That's the context of this chapter. You're not doing this as they were doing at the first part of the chapter because you're better than them. This is not an argument about that. It's how to restore someone. That's why we're going just you and then maybe somebody else. We're trying to do this gently. We're trying to do this graciously. But we're also trying to correct the problem. It isn't love to let people wander off and not do anything about it, whether they're wandering off physically and not coming or whether they're coming, but it's not sinking in because of something that's going wrong, because of sin. It's not love to let that sin go unrepented. And so this is what they say, go, but go quietly, go lovingly. And whatever is bound on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever is loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. The desire here is that we're loosing. The desire here is that we're setting free. And in that context, then, Jesus tells us that very well-known saying, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. And it's interesting that that context is in a set of paragraphs that my Bible labels as dealing with sin in the church. Which is good because we're talking about something I don't like to do. We're talking about something that I would just assume that God would do on his own. But if we do have to do something like that, it's good to know within that context, it's good to know that Christ is there with us, that Christ is also that good shepherd that desires his sheep not get lost. And then we go from there to another parable again in a related theme, the parable of the unmerciful servant. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but seventy-seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay you back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay it back. 
But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. So, first of all, we have going off and finding lost sheep, and then we have going off and finding brothers who are drifting away because of sin. And then we have Peter who says, how many times, though? Seriously, Lord, you know, how about seven? Now, the religious leaders at the time said three, so he was expanding on that. And Jesus says, no, not seven, but 77 times, or 70 times seven times, depending on which translation you have, a lot of times. But then he tells this story. He tells the story about the unmerciful servant. And the a couple of things to notice here. One is the first servant owed just an amazing amount of debt, as we owe so much to the debt that was paid for us by Christ on the cross. We were guilty of sin, and therefore we were under a death sentence, and we were released from it. It is a huge debt. And it and he doesn't even ask, forgive me the debt. He says, I'll pay you back. I'll pay you back. And the master has mercy on him and cancels it. Not even puts him on a payment plan. Uh, doesn't obviously send his, you know, enforcers in to uh, to collect the debt as it was his plan. But he says, I'm going to have pity on you, and he cancels it. This guy is now debt-free. He's out from under that burden, and immediately when he walks out, he starts choking another servant who owes him far, far less. Not even gold, but silver. Not even bags full, but a number of coins. It might even be a big debt to him. But why is he doing that? He doesn't owe anything anymore. It's not like he needs that money to pay back the king. Why at this time of all times does he become this person who is ungracious when grace has been given to him, who is unmerciful when mercy has been given to him? We are not called to live like that. That's what Jesus is telling us. We are called to live as forgiven people who are therefore forgiving. We are called to live as people who have been shown mercy, who therefore show mercy, and as people who have seen grace and are therefore gracious or graceful. This week, let's try and live up to that. With that, we'll end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, Pinterest, or Instagram as Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Finding uplifting news in today's headlines is often like searching for a needle in a haystack. 
At the Story Behind Podcast, we believe in the power of finding heartwarming tales and are happy to share empowering stories with you every week. Hear about how Steve Harvey surprised a dying man on Family Feud with $25,000. Get inspired by the note a waitress received from a patron dining alone. And even hear about how one VIP passenger made a hardworking pilot get emotional before his flight. To start listening to the Story Behind podcast, visit lifeaudio.com or search Story Behind on your favorite podcast platform.